This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts. Hi, I'm Imma. I live in Scotland. Hi, I'm Jen and I'm from Canada. Hi, I'm Olabanji and I'm from Nigeria. Hello, I'm Liki and I live in Paris. Hey, I'm Rod. I'm from Peru. Welcome to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. In our conversations, we share ideas, perspectives, questions, and things we can actually do to make a difference. So don't be shy and join our Carbon Sessions because it's not too late. So hi, I'm Liki and I'm with Jen. And so hi. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today, Jen? I don't know. I'm just jumping into this conversation and I hear that we're talking about light and that's all I know. But we have a special guest with us today. Yes, we have invited Christina. Hi. Christina is joining us from Prague. How are you? <laughs> so tell us, Christina, what are we talking about today? Well, I love to talk about lights. About two years ago, I went to this permaculture conference and they had wonderful presentation about natural lighting and lighting outside lighting, uh, street lights, and uh, also how uh, daylight and the natural light is different and how it influences all the plants and people and uh, how it influences our circadian rhythms. So it was really fascinating. <laughs> And so I love to share some of it. So natural lighting influences our circadian rhythm or the, the street lights or both? Well, <laughs> uh, I guess both. Uh, it's, uh, it's really fascinating. I, that was one new information that we all know about rods and cones in our eyes, how they, the cones uh, detect color and rods shades of gray. So we're all familiar with that. But there's also um, photosensitive retinal ganglion cells, and those in our eyes connect to the circadian clock. So they don't see, they don't perceive pictures or colors, but they perceive light. And so that's why blind people can go fall asleep when it's night and uh, and stay up during the day. So that was really fascinating for me. And those uh, ganglion cells are the ones that really react to the blue light. And so that's why we react to the new, uh, to the artificial blue light and have sometimes problems falling asleep because we break the cycle because the light is the only constant in the nature uh, that set up seasonal and daily rhythms. And so when we have a lot of lights in outside or in the cities, our brain doesn't react to it that it's night. So it takes a long time for us to fall asleep. So that was fascinating. But also what I found out that the nature plants and animals have also sensitivity to the light. So um, when we have a lot of lights in the cities or on highways or in the gas stations, the animals lose 
uh, ability to sense if it's day or light, uh, day or night. Hmm. Light pollution. Yeah, it's the light pollution. We know about the that if there is light pollution, we can't see the stars, but it's also and we don't perceive that it's night and a, a day. So also plants react to the light. So when you have a street light next to the tree, you can see the branches next to the light sometimes dry the leaves go stay green where the other part of the tree uh, leaves fall off on that little piece of the tree part of the tree the uh, leaves stay green and then they fall off in the wrong time so uh, the tree a lot of trees also have problems and plants with uh, artificial lights which i never thought it's possible but do you know the reason why the, the the leaves fall off when they are close to artificial lights? Because they the light they have they must have some kind of light receptors, and they oh. think it's a day. So they they react to the length of the day. So instead of having shorter and shorter days before the fall, and that's the trigger that the leaves will fall and the sap goes down, they don't have that information. So uh, they, they think still it's uh, summer. And then, uh, and then everything freezes, so the sap freezes, and the branches become brittle, and uh, there are problems falling off or the whole tree weakening. And, I was just going to ask, so do you know, I know that here where I am, a lot of people like to put those solar lights in their gardens. Um, they absorb the sun in the day and then they light up the path or they light up the garden in the night. Mm-hmm. Um, so is that not a good idea then for the plants that are around that light? Uh, yeah. And even gardeners, uh, the professional gardeners know about it because in nurseries, they now are figuring out which plants can stand the nightlight more than the other plants. So they pick different plants for uh, these places where there is a lot of uh, artificial light. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a problem. The biggest problem is for trees because they... Uh, they get damaged by the light. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, not only light costs a lot of, uh, we have to use a lot of energy to keep them lit, but uh, it really creates havoc on animals and people and nature. Even for the birds, uh, when there are these uh, big laser beams going up to the sky for advertisement and all that stuff, the birds navigate also the moon is there the point they navigate around so if there is this strong light they get confused and they start circling that uh, light and uh, and a lot of them i i think i heard there was in new york it was a lot of dead birds when they had the laser lights in uh, for after 911 so they had to wow. turn them down. So that's and the last one, which for me was 
the most disturbing was about um, insect, that insect gets confused in a lot of insect diets, and then the birds don't have food, and uh, the cycle is broken. So it's, uh, it's sad. And I'm hoping that people will start paying attention, more attention to light now, not only because of energetic uh, usage, but use of energy, but also how wow. it influences us. And at Christmas, of course, he, at least here, everyone's got extra light up yeah. for Christmas everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my friend, um, uh, she's a chronobiologist, and she was saying, yeah, no wonder everybody is angry and frustrated because all the lights, they, they, their circadian rhythms are all off. <laughs> Wow. And here I thought it was the cookies, <laughs> the eggnog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, research has been done for a long time. I think from 50s, they started uh, researching the chronobiology and, and influences and people in nature. And we don't hear much about it. There are off I know there are two organizations. One is Daylight Academy, and the other one is International Dark, Dark Sky Association. And so those two talk about these problems and uh, what's wow. going on, if anybody's interested. Aliki, yeah. you live in a city. Yeah, mm -hmm. and uh, I, barely see, um, I barely see the stars in the sky because there's so much light everywhere. But I'm just wondering, I've always lived in uh, in a place where there's day and night. I'm just wondering if, like, if I move to the North Pole, where I'll be, there'll be a light, um, like very, very long days, how my body will react, given the fact that I have never been exposed to that kind of situation. Do you have an idea? Oh, I... Yeah, well, they suggest that in the morning to set up the uh, clock, uh, the circadian clock is in the morning to go for a walk for 30 minutes outside. Mm -hmm. So even if the day is really short, uh, being outside for 30 minutes will trigger the new information Then it's daylight. And then it will hook into that. Uh, it takes few days. If you, they did these um, uh, experiments in the caves, and it took a few days for people to get their uh, chronology, the daylight night setup was a little bit off, but um, it it's natural thing. So our body does have that. Uh, I don't think uh, we are born with it, but mm. first few few weeks, uh, I don't know exactly when, but we'll get the rhythm by uh, living outside of the mother. <laughs> so mm. 
we have uh, we have uh, another person to welcome into the conversation here. Let's welcome Brian. He's uh, he's come in and has been listening intently. I can see, <laughs> Brian. What do you have to say today? <laughs> well, happy day to you all. Um, uh, yes, this is Brian Tormy. Very excited to join this uh, this part of the conversation. Christina, very excited to meet you. Oh, thanks. Hear some of your thoughts. Uh, it, it's interesting. You were just commenting on a few things that uh, I've, I've definitely been learning about the past few years. I have an employee uh, and coworker, Bonnie Jarrow, who is an animal advocate in many fashions. And she's really been educating me and, and many other people on, through her work in the Audubon Society on the, the light pollution as it relates to migratory birds. Um, and, and one of the, I think I will get this stat right, is that 70% of like terrestrial, like our most birds, um, are migratory, and 80% of those birds migrate at night. Like, you know, it's not a thing that we think of as homeostasis mm. as people, but like, oh, yeah, when yeah. you migrate is at night. <laughs> I, we don't think that, but here, in fact, that is the case for birds predominantly. Um, and and the impact of, of light during these migratory times of year, you know, there's actually peak times of year at different seasons um, where and there's this movement to sort of like, at least at those times, if not also at other times, go turn the lights out. And I happen to live next to a couple hundred acre Audubon uh, uh, preserve, Audubon Society preserve. And so it's one of these things that I learned about and was like, oh, I, I really need, I mean, I always, I really only keep like one outdoor light on anyway, usually, but like, I'm glad I do. And I'll turn that one on during these peak migrate, migratory periods. It's definitely very interesting to understand how much of an impact it has. Yeah, just just being aware of that. And another thing which I haven't talked about is at night when our melatonin kicks in uh, and it tells us, okay, it's nighttime, so we can go to rest, to sleep. Now, it's uh, those ganglion cells are sensitive to the blue light they're not as sensitive to orange and red light. So when we set up our house with red lights to turn on at night when we go to bathroom or uh, they suggest to have it on about an hour, up to two hours before we go to sleep, then our brain knows it's time to go to bed and we can fall asleep much easier to uh, like they have a lot of these things they have red glasses and special screens in front of the computers or for the phone but what for me what was really interesting that when they did research on that and you can be exposed to the blue light just for a second just for checking clock and immediately melatonin drops down and it never goes as high as it was before we check the light out. So I thought that was really interesting information. I'm still fascinated about the uh, the plants because thinking of redoing the front yard area and, you know, our neighbors have rocks and ferns and then these little lights that come on at night. And it looks so pretty, but it's... It's nice that it looks pretty, but if it's not good for the actual plants, then <laughs> I'm gonna, not going to do that. 
Huh. Yeah. yeah. And, and also for animals, also when uh, they, uh, there was a story uh, uh, in a in small village, they put up uh, street lights, big street lights, in front of some houses. And the woman living in one house said, "Nobody can fall asleep." And my dog, which was always guarding my house from the front, he moved in the back and would never go in front at night anymore because uh, of the light pollution. So it's uh, the animals can really sense that. So um. I'm just wondering how how does this new piece of knowledge how is it related to climate change how can we uh, how can we use that to help us in our understanding of climate change I I think the most important part is to turn the lights off <laughs> and there's enough studies that it it doesn't have anything to do with safety uh, they did study on how much street is lit and how how safe it is and more light in the street less safe it is because they create shadows like the stone the white light very strong white light they you have a spot and then there are shadows around it so it's easier to have that than less light also having lights at the let's say few feet or a meter above the ground gives enough light for walking, but you don't use material for making big light poles. It does not destroy insect, flying insect. Also, if we give it to sense, put sensors on, it will not be on all the time. And So all this, these things will save energy, not only energy uh, used for lighting places, but also energy used for making steel, uh, creating uh, materials needed for lights. Um, Also having red and orange lights at night, or at least the soft white instead of that bright blue light it uses less energy led lights they're not in a nice color though so led you can have any color okay but you want to have you want to choose uh different colors than the blue because another thing is when we walk when we go from dark into light um we cannot see color in the dark and we cannot see much detail. We see shapes, but we, uh, our eyes not set up that we can see detail. We don't need to see detail. We just need to see roughly what's around. And when we lit up a place, it takes a while for our eyes to adjust. So that's why these really bright lights don't make much sense because we walk through them and our eyes are not adjusted to it anyway. So I guess to persuade um, politicians or uh, city governments that it makes sense not to turn all the lights on and lower the lights, and that way they'll save a lot of money, they save a lot of energy, and 
we're not breaking the natural cycle. So that's what I would say for climate change. For climate change, it's really important that we have trees and the lights, bright lights, do not do well with trees. The trees don't mm. do well with the bright lights. So, uh, and also, yeah, so I would say that. And uh, I, I would also think that because uh, insects don't do very well with um, artificial lights, so, and we need insects uh, to grow plants. So I think it is uh, one way to relate, relate that to climate change as well. But that's my that's, two cents. That's, that's a big problem. Oh, is it? And uh, I could see it, yeah. I could see it now traveling in a car. A few years ago, uh, the front wheel change was full of bugs and the front bumper was all dirty from bugs. Now, I don't have one bug on my front windshield or on the bumper. And they say in Germany, they said about 70% of insects disappeared. It's a huge oh, number. No. Wow. So what do we think? Are we going to, what can we all do? How does this turn into sort of like an informed, uh, you know, sort of influencing thing? I know in my household, Christina, thank you for, for your commentary today. I look forward to letting my wife and children listen to this episode. Because in my house, um, I'm routinely turning off all the lights behind everyone and or, you know, we'll sit and, you know, and we'll be sitting and having dinner at a table and I'll have the light over the table on so we can see our food. But I'll turn the other lights in sort of an open format space, the kitchen light and the living room lights, I will turn off. And so there's only one section of this larger room lit. And there are definitely moments where my wife is like, why are you doing that? And they're all LED bulbs, and we are fully <laughs> solar powered. You know, we, we actually push energy into the grid in our house on an annual basis. So, like, it's not about per se energy consumption or money savings, but it's still like I find it more pleasant. So, I, I you know, and in part it's better, and I like sort of yeah. soft, dim light. I want to go into my, I guess I'm now learning it's about queuing up my sleep cycle. Yeah, I, I think that's. Uh... Maybe what would help that uh, our body is adjusted to natural light cycle, which is not only the color of the light, but also the position of the light. So for mornings and evenings, uh, it's good to have soft white light, not white light, and also to have it from lower positions, not the, from the ceiling, but let's say uh, waist size, waist height and lower. Now, then in the evening and at night, when before we're going to go to sleep, to, for, to navigate in the space, we can have uh, orange and red light. And that one being all the way at the, in the ground, on the ground or really close to the floor, and that one is something like fire. We There was only light before there was the fire light. So that's, that's connected to the night. And then during the day, it's important to have a full spectrum light, the blue and purple part of the light. And that one creates focus. So if we want to focus something, 
on concentrate on something, it's important to have very strong light. And this, uh, blue, well, the best is daylight, but uh, if we have to have the blue and uh, blue parts of the light are important for focus. So our brain reacts to that. And, uh, oh, and another thing that's important inside is not to have um, some light that would blind you. So if you have something um, that you can see the light bulb, the really good one is to let the light reflect from the ceiling for the day or from the walls instead of seeing the light bulb. So those are, and so I, I see when you're talking about dinner time to having more peaceful, uh, warm, white light and uh, closer, more on the food, not in the eyes. So having that light lower so it does not go in your eyes, but just go on your food. And that creates more calming environment. That's the candlelit dinner table. That's it. <laughs> but we do need to see colors and uh, colors. I was, yeah. I was about to go there, Jen. <laughs> I make a lot of candles in my house. I do too. I'm admitting to another another hobby. You know, I buy I buy wax by fifty pound box. Yeah. I love candlelight in the evening and, and ha we also run around and turn all the lights off. And it was funny because our guests left this morning and all the lights in the guest room were on. And I thought that's like, it's just unusual. Cause I, mm -hmm. uh, I, we always turn, turn off lights and we're quite, we're quite picky about that as well. But um, yeah, at night it's interesting because I like to have just one lamp on and a candle lit be curled up on my couch and at nine o'clock for some reason my dog is ready for bed at nine <laughs> o'clock he just knows and he he has the buttons that 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 you press to make words right and he goes over and he presses all done all done <laughs> which means that it's bedtime people <laughs> but it's that that whole animal knowing right? Of the rhythms. And it's bizarre because at nine o'clock he knows <laughs> and tells us that it's time for bed. <laughs> mm. All done. Oh. <laughs> that sounds perfect. And also in the morning, when you go out and walk the dog in, during the daylight, first half an hour, it's perfect setup for a circadian time, time to start concentrating and focusing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Christina, can I go back and ask a question on something? I, I'm recalling at the train station that I travel from here in my hometown, um, they're, they've been redoing things and they're, they're redoing the lights presently. And I actually, this just popped back in my head. I remember noticing that the fixture that has been there for a long time is, a, you know, maybe it's two and a half feet across. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a big old classic lamppost all along both sides of the train track and um and now the fixture they have up is maybe only six inches wide i mean it's a it's a much smaller and it's clearly yeah. an led yeah. versus the old one is i don't know if it's um halogen or mercury or like what uh, exact technology it is 
But any any thoughts like I'm just sort of pausing and thinking about myself as like a citizen because they actually did some surveys to the writers of uh, the Metropolitan Transit Authority, the MTA here in the New York area, did surveys of what people wanted to see in all the you know in the in in refurbishment in in the work being done, and LED lighting was one of them. But I didn't pause and think about the directionality of it. Right, so like sort of down and soft versus up, and I and I didn't think at the time about sensors, about the timing of it, right? And sort of like, is it on all? Is it on twenty four hours a day? Only, only with a light sensor, only with a motion sensor. I didn't think about those things as feedbacks. Any any you know sort of summarizing commentary. I wonder for our listeners if that's a if they have opportunities to share that feedback into their ecosystems, whether that's their own community or their own company or those things. Any, any specific feedback on, you know, sort of like yeah, they're, um, practices as it relates to that? They do have uh, very specific uh, suggestions. Uh, what What's the best practice? And uh, from the part I understand, which I'm not sure if people would go for it, but it sounds like if the light is warm and reflected and or orange and red, that will work at night. But if we have red uh, train stations, I'm not sure if people would not connect it to the red light district. <laughs> so, uh, but it's... Uh, yeah, it would be important. And the orangey lights are much healthier for us and more calming and uh, color spectrum. And the ideal would be instead of having it in the top, having it near the ground. So it doesn't go in your eyes, but it lets the walk, sidewalk, or lets the floor of the station not the whole space. I will say I was just in a building. Um, uh, Pen One is a newly, uh, new, newly designed building in New York City, and the walkways had the handrails, but the lighting in the area was actually on the underside of the handrails, and it was very pleasant because I could see very easily and see where I was walking, and you know, but it was. I didn't see the source of the light at all. It was underneath the handle, um, but the space was still bright enough, but it was coming. And I, I, I did notice that this new design aspect. Yeah, that would be it. There is one bridge in Prague. They did the same lighting when they uh, used the new science and new definition, what's healthy light and what is um, something responsible. I would say that you think of other things than just old habits. But I think also culturally, we need to change thinking. Um, the idea that everything is littered, that equals safety. I think that's the biggest hurdle to overcome. Can, can I share something um, that was related to uh, Jen's question about, you know, you live in the city. Yeah, I live in, in the city in Paris, and that's 
I have very little control over the the public lighting on the streets, and it's something that's it's needed. I'm sorry to say that, but um, because there's um because you know because of the of the cost of energy in Europe uh, that has skyrocketed, they uh there are some smaller cities that have uh, decided to switch off the light, uh, like you know, saying from uh ten o'clock, but the problem is that a lot of um, um, robbers in shops. So in, because there's no light and there's no, it's, it's very easy for fifths to, you know, to go and rob, rob shops. So yeah, I think it's also important to have some lightings. Yeah, it, that's people, there was some study done and they seem it was the robberies and violence was not, did not escalate in the places where they turn off mm. the lights. Well, it is something I heard on the radio the yeah. other day. It's because there's no light, and so the um, you know fifths can just you know walk and and do their stuff and then get away with it. Well, you can have lights uh, sensors, so if somebody walks towards. Uh, the place or that was the solution uh, the shop that was the solution that, was, that, yeah. that you can turn which is which makes sense that yeah if you want but yeah so so you have all these options of the sensors that it's like in a lot of bathrooms they have that when you walk in the light turns yes. on mm. so the same thing at night only problem if you have too many animals it goes on when the animals pass <laughs> yeah. through so yeah. maybe have it uh, set up so it only turns on for a big animal, <laughs> not for the tiny animal. We have a light in our house, one light in our house that does that. And sometimes it goes on for no reason. Yeah. It's like ghosts. <laughs> but, but, but I work, I work in a new building and you walk in and the light comes on. And then it will go off after a few minutes. And sometimes I'll walk into, you know, my office here at home and wonder why is it dark? <laughs> I forgot I have to turn the light on again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's all what we get used to. But I think that's a good solution for sure yeah. is to have lights that sensor lights. And also, so we're when they work. Yeah. Also, we're uh, to be aware of that when we walk between. Uh, dark places and light places that it takes a while for eyes to adjust. It takes mm. pretty long. Uh, it takes substantial amount of time to really adjust to the bright light from dark. So yeah, it feels like uh, what can we do? I I feel first to. Uh, so people are aware that it's that light, artificial light, light does influence our health and mm. stress and health, and uh, also to really publish all the studies about safety, because there has been enough studies done about safety that it's not as critical as we believe mm. um, and I think in uh, in the countries when they don't have 
electricity is in the villages and and um, the, the I think crime does not as much depend on light as we believe. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think to look up the studies and see what the reality of it is and uh, and if the light is real deterrent, how many break-ins are in the places where they don't have the light and how many compared to places where do, they do have the light? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one thing to look into and uh, and figure out what is important for us to change our habit and the perceived ideas what we have compared to be relaxed and uh, have a different environment in the house than we are used to. That's good. I'm pretty shocked that there are some people that don't turn up the light when they leave a room because I've been proud to turn up the lights because that they because it costs money. So, <laughs> so I'm shocked yeah, me that there too. are people. Yeah, <laughs> there are people that don't do that. But yeah, yeah, I think it's a habit. I think it's that feeling of safety, and uh, I think it's shifting. The emotional shift of the habit because I I did not used to turn off the lights as much. My mom used to turn off every light and it was ingrained in her that that's what you do. Um, and uh, then I learned about the lighting and I started turning off the lights not because to save uh, electricity or save money but because it made sense and physically and emotionally and uh yeah so it it reminds me when 20 years ago uh i found out that if all women um stop buying cosmetics for two weeks the whole industry will collapse and (laughs) just that information just that information I felt so empowered by that. And yeah. I did stop. <laughs> I started using different things. And uh, and it was so easy to shift. It was such a jump to shift from buying all this French cosmetic and very special, expensive, feel-good stuff into mm-hmm. buying food for cosmetic. And, and it was just that little information made me feel empowered. And I'm hoping with the lighting, if people get feeling for the light, how it, how much influence it has on our health, that maybe they can shift and start thinking about it differently. It's a little bit hard to have it quickly changed because if you set up your house with the natural lighting, the low um orange and red, medium, warm, and the high reflected ceiling white light for concentration, it takes up to six months before people really can see the difference and feel the difference and feel the change in their sleeping. So it does take a little while 
but uh, it's worth it uh, and it's good for environment too I'm going to experience that in my bedroom and try to set some uh, orange and red light on the street. Oh, on, on sorry. <laughs> on the floor. On the street. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, cut that. Okay, I didn't say anything. We'll just erase that, okay? I didn't say anything. You go ahead. <laughs> right? It is a cultural shift. <laughs> She's going to sleep on the street now. <laughs> no, 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 because I've been experiencing some uh, sleep problems lately. And uh, I have a bad habit, which is to look at my phone before I go to bed. Like No, not before I go to bed. When I'm in bed, that's one of the last things I do, which is a very bad habit. I'm trying to change that, but I think I need to add um, some um, orange and red lights on the floor in my bedroom to improve my, to help me improve sleep. So that's, yes. Also, you can buy these glasses. You can buy these glasses. They will stop all the other lights, only keep, you can, there are these red glasses you can put on, so they will filter Mm. the blue light. But they need to be, they have, they need to be like almost like goggles, so the light doesn't go from the sides. Mm. But they, they do. I'll, I'll leave, uh, I leave some info uh, on okay. the site for the for the companies and the uh, places where people can get more information. Great. This is so great. This has been great conversation, Christina. Thank you for sharing all of that. There's so many ideas swirling around right now that I have to to think about this. Yeah, I hope it was okay. (laughs) No, it was great. You've been listening to Carbon Sessions, a podcast with carbon conversations for every day with everyone from everywhere in the world. We'd love you to join the Carbon Sessions so you too can share your perspectives from wherever you are. This is a great way for our community to learn from your ideas and experiences, connect, and take action. If you want to add your voice to the conversation, go to thecarbonalmanac.org podcasts and sign up to be part of a future episode. This podcast is also part of the Carbon Almanac Network, For more information, to sign up for the emails, to join the movement, and to order your copy of The Carbon Almanac, go to thecarbonalmanac.org. Be sure to subscribe and join us here again as together we can change the world.